Hi, I'd like to welcome Mr. Jason Barker of Knights of the Storm and the Foxhole Podcast. Hello, Jason. Welcome to Get Mad. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate you having me on, brother. Oh, anytime. It's an honor and a uh, pleasure. Um, For those who are not familiar, um, how about we get into your background as much as uh, you are comfortable with and what brought you to present day? Uh, where you, now you have a, pop, a, a bunch of great podcasts right now. Oh well, um, I was never very political, brother. And, and I don't know. I went into the army uh, back in '99. Um, was living it up out in Okinawa, having a great time. It was awesome uh, overseas. And uh, then when I came back home, it was different. Like I was over there for almost a decade. Uh, from 99 to 2009, so I guess, yeah, it was a decade. You were, kind of having, you were having like a, like an adventure, right? It was going pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I was there when, when 9-11 happened, and, and I seen that. And, by the way, we can get into that later if you want, but that was bogus right there. I seen it. Uh, yeah, yeah. but you got to live in another country. I mean, not too many people get to do that. It's pretty cool. Well, that was a completely different experience, you know, seeing it from the, the perspective of somebody seeing America get attacked and they're like, wow, that sucks. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, and I seen it from that way, but I was, I was actually on duty when it happened. I was on a typhoon duty and, wow. um, I was watching, you know, we were stuck in a freaking building for like three days and wow. we watched it live on CNN and, you know, when the first plane hit, my buddy was like, that sucks, and we're watching it. And the second plane hit, and my buddy looked at me and said, we're at war. I'm like, we're at war, yeah. Yep. And, and you know, any, anyway, um, the point is that all the stuff that came from that made me political. Um, the, the TSA and the Homeland Security and all the crap like that. And yeah. I didn't even realize it back then. But when I came back to the U.S. in 2009 and rejoined the Army, you know, it wasn't the same country that you, uh, you no, know? no, and I, and I didn't immediately jump in. I I, list, I started listening to talk radio, and uh, Rush Limbaugh was one of the people that kind of struck my ear because he made sense, you know. Yeah, uh, didn't, didn't agree with him 100, percent but he was kind of on point from a perspective like that I saw, right? And um, from a person who has like the inside, you know, seeing what's going on, kind of thing. And I was like, this guy makes sense, and I need to stop watching The Simpsons and, you know, Family Guy and stuff like that, even though those, <laughs> those are great shows. but it's A lot of predictive programming I've noticed over the years on both it, of those, actually. <laughs> it is, but, you know, um, I really feel like what happened was that everybody was the frog in the slow, boiling water, and I was taken out and having a really good time, and then I got dropped into the boiling water. I'm like, youch. Wow. Does that make sense? No, I'm I'm glad you put it that way because uh, yeah, the visuals it totally makes sense. 
Yeah, so uh, I started listening to David Knight. Actually, I was an Alex Jones fan. I, I wasn't initially. Um, I moved up to New York. It was my second duty station after coming back in the Army, and I deployed. I came back from deployment. I seen how screwed up that was, um, how nonsense, nonsensical that was. And I come back, and then I, I see like an Infowars thing spray-painted on an overpass on a country road. <laughs> what is this Infowars, right? Yeah. So I, I go check it out, and I'm like, okay. So I can kind of get into Alex a little bit. You know, he's really cool. He's talking about this is back in the days when they had the um, Jade Helm thing going on. And So it was right around the time of the Boston bombing. Yes, absolutely. I watched that live on TV, and I was all into it, 100%. Catch that guy. I, I flew into Logan Airport the, the next morning from California into all that people walking around with machine guns, kind of like post 9-11. Very surreal stuff. No, absolutely. And, but the thing is that um, something that struck me wrong about Alex Jones, though, like he was so over the top with certain things that I knew it was going to be a it was going to freaking crash him. I knew it, you know, and, and when Sandy Hook happened, I knew I was like, man. Stay away from that, bro. Stay away from that, bro. I really had a lot of respect for Alex Jones, uh, but well, you're not alone. I mean, he turned. A, I mean, he changed a lot of people's minds when he started getting, you know, mixed up with, uh, you know, Donald Trump a couple of years after all that. I, that's what I noticed. Yeah, I still think that. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think he's still trying to put out a good message. I think he just lost his way because he's got a lot of stuff to take care of, and he kind of went over the top for clickbait, you know? Right, yeah. It got him into trouble. I think you're you're on to something there. Yeah, and he went on to Pierce Morgan and had that whole uh, huge fight with him and everything, yeah. Yeah, but but moving forward, then he had David Knight on, and because you're asking about where we came around, you know. Um, David Knight came out, and I'm like, this guy makes sense, and that was my second deployment. Uh, My second deployment, uh, I listened to David Knight always first and foremost when I was doing my laundry Doing the stuff I got to do, do my daily things. I, I put him on the podcast. I'm like this guy. For people that don't remember, David Knight was uh, he worked at Infowars at nighttime, right? He had the yeah. nighttime broadcast. Yeah, yeah, he was like um, a late add-on, I guess, to the you know uh, entourage of, of very laid back and quite the opposite of Alex, actually. And he wasn't scared to say you know stuff that was unpopular, that yes. was just true. And and me being that I can see from behind the curtains, I can see that yeah, he's he's not bullshitting. He he's telling the truth. Um, I really became a fan of David Knight. And when David Knight got fired by Alex Jones, I didn't exactly fire Alex Jones from you know from the people I watch. I still watch him a little bit. Right. Um. But um. But David was my primary guy. And from there spawned off. Uh. Just to fast forward a little bit. Um, from their spot. Well, well, just, I don't want to cut you off, but just, this is important. Just, uh, so people that might not be familiar, what exact, cause I actually really respect David for, uh, sticking to his guns, so to speak. Uh, what exactly was the cause for him to leave in Infowars for people that are not familiar? Um, I don't know the exact infighting that happened there, but, uh, from what David talks about, he opposed the Trump shot. He opposed the whole uh, January 6th push, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I was – yeah, I thought it was January 6th and uh, mm-hmm. the Trump support. I thought that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And and he was right. He was right in doing so because you can see how they've used that. Exactly. They've absolutely used that to, like, destroy us, you know, yeah. as far as people that would stand up against it. Exactly. Okay. 
But anyway, uh, going on, so uh, Angry Tiger and I, we, we got together. Actually, it was a few of us. It was Lori Light, actually, um, uh, Tom Cooper. There's a few others in the chat that we said, you know, we were going on and on and on in chat after the fact, you know, when the show was over. And we said, why don't we just do our own thing? So I actually contacted Tony Ardburn, which you're a friend of, right, Chris? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I uh I did some stuff with Tony before and uh yeah, he actually was um he was in solidarity with uh, David as well cuz uh, Tony was let go of Infowars not too long after uh, David was let go. Oh, I I thought Tony left on his own actually. I, th- I thought he just said he stopped doing it. And well, I'll let Tony tell that story, but <laughs> yeah, he basically left Infowars not too long after David Knight was uh, you know, stuck to his guns and was kind of pushed out of there, you know, and that's why I res- I really do respect David Knight, and especially what he's done since, and kind of picked up the pieces and started his own broadcast. And I, there's a lot of respect there for, on my part. Like I really respect the guy for doing that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I respect Tony for that as well. Um, uh, he he's really kind oh of yeah, he picked up down. the pieces too. Yeah, with Donald Jeffries and Billy Ray Valentine and everything. But you guys uh, in the David Knight chat. You guys kind of did a, a really a pretty cool thing. Um, you'd be chatting during David's broadcasts, right, about the show and everything, and then afterwards the chat would continue, right? Oh yeah. I, sometimes I would come home from from lunch or for lunch, right? And this is about noon or so when uh, the, the show is about over, right? I would just jump on there to catch the last thirty minutes live because I get home at about eleven thirty, and uh, the show ends at twelve my time. So I'd catch the last half hour live, and then I'd walk away and go back to work. And then I'd get off work early or whatever. I'd come home. There's still people chatting. I'm like, what's going on here? They're dropping links. They're doing this and that and the other. They're talking about uh, conspiracy theory stuff. They're talking. They're, and I'm like, why don't we just do a show? You like know, a community was formed in the church. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly how Nights of the Storm started. Um, unfortunately, we can't get people to come out to be on camera because they're camera shy, but right. we're getting contributions through email and stuff like that and, and personal messages that they they drop a story. I mean, almost more than we can cover. Um, so there's a lot of inter- interactivity with everybody. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, David's been instrumental in, like, waking people up and getting people to, like, do the research, and that's great. That's great that he does that. I just wish we could get more people on. Yeah. Or do you have a, a wish list of guests you'd like to have on Nights of the Storm eventually? Uh, David Knight's number one. Uh, I mean, that would make that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but beyond no, um, beyond David Knight, though, like uh, you, do you, do you have a, a list, so to speak? So, so uh, the three top, the three top is David, uh, Tony, and Kenzie, because uh, David talks about everything you could ever wish to talk about. Um, right. Tony and Kenzie talk about, uh, and I have actually a list of questions for Kenzie because she's supposed to come on here soon. Yes. Um, but as far as listeners go, um, I'd like to see Handy on because Handy's an EMS professional when it comes to the mRNA and you know medical stuff like that. that yes. Handy, I'm I'm working on Handy. I've been emailing him back and forth. I think we can get him on hopefully next weekend. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to get Gerald Salente on to talk about future trends, um, and to let him blow up a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we always love having you on, Chris, of course. 
Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm small potatoes. Uh, you so you got David Knight, and then uh, you had Guard Goldsmith too. Uh, I believe you mentioned prior. Oh, Guard's always welcome. Guard's so awesome, so upbeat, um, and he can cover anything you want to talk about. That guy's so smart. Yeah, and he used to be a screenwriter too. Um, yeah, in Hollywood on Star Trek and and uh, I think Babylon Five. I, I don't want to mistake that, but I think that was one of them. But but anyway, so Knights of the Storm has been going since October. Is that around the right the same time? Oh wow, has it been that long? I think so. Yeah, if you go back in the archives, yeah, I think it's October. Wow, that that's amazing. It seems like we just started yesterday, brother. Um, every every how week. That, is how basically it's you and Angry Tiger, right? Who we had on last week on Get Mad, and you had a you have like a revolving door of of people that come through, right? Like either as guests or as contributors that that you know come back, um, repeat. Contributors, and how has that been going? Well, it's it's kind of a struggle, man. Like um, me and Angry always have enough topics to cover, but of of course the goal of the Knights of the Storm wasn't to be about us. I mean, we we actually spawned our own little sideshows, right? So Angry has his. Um, oh, I was getting that. Uh, yeah, he's got the Tigers yeah. den, and you and, have the Foxhole, right? And that that's where we can talk off topic about things that maybe. Because we we do understand that Knights of the Storm was the David Knight listener base, um, so there's yeah. certain things that we don't want to talk about or we don't want to use curse words or things like that. You know, we want to keep it PG-13, I right. guess you can say. Well, uh, when you're knee deep in the foxhole, is there any limits with that? <laughs> no, there there is no limits there. No limits. Okay. That, that's okay. why we did this. We did this because we each have our own things that we wanted to talk about, and me and Angry talked about this in, in depth before we did it. Yeah. Um, we said that, hey, there's some stuff I want to talk about. I said, yeah, there's some stuff I want to talk about too angry, but it's not appropriate for um, for what we started Knights of the Storm for. Knights of the Storm was for the listeners of David Knight, period. So if we want to talk about this stuff, let's do our own thing. So we both agreed to do our own little sideshows. Uh, I think we kind of overcommitted and like doing like committing <laughs> to a once a week thing. So now we're like it's like a job now. Yeah, um, but, but it, it it seems to be going well. Uh, we went into when I had angry uh, tiger on. We went into what the tiger's den was all about. I'd like to get into, if you don't mind, uh, what the foxhole is all about and what the goals with that particular show is and how it's structured because it's pretty unique. Um, well, the foxhole uh, up to this point is basically there's a war on humanity um, from Satan himself. And it's um, if, if you look at Charlie Robinson, right? He he writes yeah. about the the octopus of global destruct whatever. I, I need to buy that global, book. yeah, global control. Yeah, he wrote about what uh, what the late um, researcher Danny Casaloro used to write about the oct- the octopus. Uh, it's the idea that there's all these different tentacles that are controlling every aspect of our society. Yes. Yep. Uh, so, from what I know as a military man, that's called an asymmetrical war, and there there's been an asymmetrical war put on the people yeah. by the global elite. Which who the hell made them elite? Nobody made them elite. They self proclaim them as elite, right? Right. There, no, nobody said who who is Bill Gates, right? I mean, who are you? Right. Uh, who is Klaus Schwab? 
You know, who, who are these people? George Soros. Yeah. Who's George Soros? Who, who are these people? I mean, we know how they get their money, but where did they start from? Who, who ordained you as like the leader of us? And, and I feel like, don't, you know, I feel like that's a, th- that's a riddle that we probably never will get to just because those who are really in control will never know their names, but there's got to be some force. That's fine. Well, we'll never get to it because the asymmetrical warfare works as such that they keep people um, suppressed so much. I, I don't care if you're talking about the lower class, the middle class, even the upper middle class. They're yeah. so busy taking care of bills that they yeah. don't care who's in charge. And, yeah, or and they, they just pay or their just taxes. Their mind even. Yeah. And it comes down to um, our uh, elected officials, which are selected, not elected, right? Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, they they do not take our best interest in mind, and they're selling our liberty out to these people, which just say, and they're promising these people uh, that they're going to have something in return somehow, which they're, they're not. You know, these people that are selling their souls out to these these, these other people, um, they're not going to get what they want. No. They're not. They won't. No, and I don't know. It's it's uh. You what, know. what I like, what I enjoy that you are trying to, or what you're attempting to do with the show, is you'll take an aspect of everyday yeah. life, right? Like either the food or education or even Hollywood, and you'll see how it's being corrupted and corroded. Well, I don't know how, how much it's going to help, man. Um, I'm just trying to show that I'm trying to show what an asymmetrical warfare looks like. Uh, you know, you you have a small group of people that can get people to end fight, you yes. know, get black to fight white, get rich to fight poor. Divide uh, and conquer. Yep. Yeah, it is a divide and conquer technique. And, you know, uh, they use uh, monetary strategy. They use, um, you know, what is the thing where you, you, you take away stuff, you know, take away the, um, oh, God, I, the, the word is our rights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the words escape me right now. Um, the, the strategy the of artificial you scarcity. Sanctions, right? So, oh, Chuck, what was that? Just check out it. The strategy yeah. no, of it's, artificial it's sanctions, scarcity. Brother. So sanctions, like you can't uh, travel with a shot. You yes. know, you have to have a shot passport. I mean, so now you have the jabbed against the unjabbed. You know, yes. everything is about that because that's how they take a massive amount of people and control them. Yeah. You you break them into groups. You get them to infight, and then you walk in the front door, and you drop your freaking throne and sit on it. That's that's how they're working. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and uh, actually, now that I think about it, uh, I know there's certain things you can't talk about. Um, maybe me bringing this up is not even a good idea, but if you know what I'm talking about, um, you actually were really – you've been very courageous – uh, in a certain respect when it comes to, uh, the jab itself. Is there, is that something you're comfortable getting to a little bit or not at all? And if not, I totally understand. Oh, bro, I thought that they were going to boot me out the army and lose my freaking retirement, but I didn't yeah. care. That's what I was, yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, at this point, the, the gloves are off and the mask is off for the evil people. The mask. So, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and look at my, my freaking logo, man. It's a mask, but. It's a mask. Yeah. <laughs> no, the I thing is. Think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I finally came to the realization when David, uh, you know, I sent David a kind of anonymous thing, you know, I never got involved. And that's another thing going back 
three yeah. steps back about how we started this. Yeah. Um, I was very, very anonymous um, because of my position in the military and stuff like that. I didn't want to be kind of like Handy. Handy wants to be anonymous because he's in the medical profession. But you um, saw something very wrong going on, and you decided to stand up against it. Yeah, and I told David, I just had epiphany moment, you know, like, David, put my name out there. I don't care. And so he did. And at, at that point, I was like, you know what? God be with me now. Um, I'm gonna, If it's worth standing for, it's worth putting my name behind. And if yeah. you don't want to put your name behind it, then you're not 100% in. And that's where I've been ever since. 100% forward with the sword, pointed forward, run into me, bro. Run into me. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, and it's uh, it's got to be scary being in your position and everything. That's why. Yeah. That's why I wanted to shed some light on that for people to a part of your story. That that's a big thing. Um, you know, taking a big chance, but doing the right thing. You know, especially uh, for your fellow uh, uh, soldiers and whatnot. You know. Bro, I went from a guy that used to like to do karaoke. You know, and get really drunk on a Saturday night and <laughs> maybe not remember how I got home. You know, that, that's who I was. Yeah. Um, and I still like to do karaoke and I like to have a couple beers or whatever. That's still cool. <laughs> but you um, can always get home now though. That's but yeah, well, I, I stay at home, you know, stay I stay at home. There you go. That's home. Why. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff to actually like address right now. Uh, a lot of stuff to address that they keep us, they, you know, I was the guy that liked to do karaoke and get drunk every Saturday night in my 15 minute city, you know, and, and I could just take an Uber and things like that. And then I'm, I'm very well maintained, you know, right. that's the point. And I'm seeing that, that that's what they're getting everybody into with the cell phone, with the screen, with all this other crap. They're keeping you, um, basically you're like zoned out as a fucking drone. Sorry for the language. A Don't freaking drone. Yeah. Uh, they're going to make us all drones, bro. They're going to make us all drones, and they're just going to, like, uh, uh, go go to work, go do your eight hours. Oh, you know what? Reduce it to six hours a day, four hours. It doesn't matter. They're stealing your labor. They're stealing your time. You know, they're fleecing everything that you earn for them so that they can imprison you more. And I've woken up because I got out of the system for a while. And I came back into it and I see it now. It's, it's, it's stupid. And I just want, I just want to grow my own food. I want you out of my life, government. Go away. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound too crazy to me. It sounds like the perfect thing that at my, at the point in my life, uh, that would be nice if I, if I could actually live out in the country and just make my own food and be left alone. But it seems like, it seems like that there, the powers that be, whoever they are, are trying to make that be next to impossible. So. Well, they are. And, and you know what? Um, I hate to jump rails here. I hate to derail you to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they are going to make it impossible. And um, to go to Eric Peters' point and with the transportation thing. Yeah. They, uh, they are going to make electric cars mandatory for everybody. That's going to happen, right. 100%. In the next five to ten years, that's going to happen. So what's going to happen to your old car, if you got a diesel, a mechanical diesel, whatever, 
something that can't be controlled or whatever, they're going to say that it doesn't pass emissions, so you can't get the stamp. You know, or stamp. they'll make it so expensive that you you can't anymore. No, you won't be able to drive it at all. Right. I mean, I mean, I I, I don't know. I know a lot of states are different, but yeah. most of the states, and I've lived in a lot of states across the U.S. And most of them have an annual, biannual, every three years, whatever, inspection you got to do on your car. Yeah, in Massachusetts, it's once a year. Yeah, yeah. And, and they can just deem your car unreliable to be on the road. And that's it. And I lost a vehicle. I, I rebuilt a vehicle. I rebuilt the engine and transmission. It was a perfectly running car. Missions were perfect. California said, you don't have this piece of equipment in your engine. Yes. And And they freaking... I said, you know what? It passed emissions. What the hell is the problem? They're like, well, you're supposed to have this smog pump. Smog pump. That was the infamous thing that yeah. California introduced. That's right. So yeah. I, I told this dude, and I spent, um, I spent like a couple hundred bucks on the truck. It was burnt up. Somebody had run out of oil and it caught fire. Ooh. It was a Mizuzu pup. Really cool oh, wow. truck, by the way. Really cool yes. truck. And, and I actually decked it out, man. I painted it. I, I rebuilt the engine and transmission. I put carpet in it because it was a metal floor. I put carpet in it. I had a stereo system and everything. It was really, really nice. And, in and the then end, you couldn't even drive it. Oh, I couldn't register it. So you know what I had to do? I sold it for 900 bucks to a guy from Mexico that used it to haul um, farm stuff around, like, you know, fruit to the market. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's awesome for, for the for the Mexican guy, but... So it wasn't much. awesome for me. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's so awesome for you. It's like Chris Farley and that Tommy boy where he gets all excited when uh, the deer wakes up and destroys the day. Yeah. Yeah. But then he goes, oh, yeah, man, but that that, that sucks. I'm sorry. That's what I, it was like Chris Farley moment. I, it did suck for you. I'm sorry. But, uh, oh, that's funny, man. That's that's right on. That's yeah, right he's on. like, that was awesome. And then he goes, but that, that, that really sucks, man. I'm sorry. Well, on that note, we will be right back with Mr. Jason Barker. Stock market. WallStreetWindow.com. Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com. Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State, understood these trends professionally for many years, and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge. WallStreetWindow.com. Go there now. Go there now. Go there now. You are listening to Get Mad with Chris Graves. Be heard on Get Mad or any other show on Ocelli.com radio. For as little as $50 a month, you can buy an ad for your business, podcast, book, or any message you want heard on one or more of the Ocelli.com shows. To find out more, contact ads at Ocelli.com. That's ADS at Ocelli.com. Be heard with us. Revelation through conversation. Revelation through conversation. You are listening. 
listening to Get Mad with Chris Graves. The War State by Michael Swanson explains the great national transformation that took place and put the Kennedy presidency in the context of the times and reveals never-before-published information about the Cuban Missile Crisis. President Kennedy would not have been assassinated if he had been president 200 years ago. His assassination took place in the context of the Cold War and the rise of the national security state. Before World War II, the United States was a continental republic. In the decade that followed, it became an imperial superpower. Generals such as Curtis LeMay not only wanted to invade Cuba, but knew that there were short-range missiles on the island armed with nuclear warheads that they could not destroy because they were on mobile launchers. Their invasion could have led to a third world war, and they wanted to go to war anyway. The war by Michael Swanson reveals why and will show you what President Kennedy was up against. For more information, thewarstate.com. Go ahead, caller. Hey, I'm interested in the truth about the JFA assassination. Right. Well, what do you want to know? Judy Baker's wild claim, Oswald girlfriends, he knew Ruby and Barry, cancer weapons. Really? I imagine I could claim I have four wheels. It doesn't make me a wagon, but okay. Oswald was on the kill team and trying to prevent the murder of John Kennedy. Come on now. Has a real effort on the JFA assassination broken into her claims? Go to Amazon.com. Enter Judith Baker in her own words. You'll get results for a digital copy of a book where Walt Brown utilizes her own words and the known evidence in the case to get at, well, <laughs> a different perspective, let's say. You can get Judith Barry Baker in her own words from the author himself, signed if you request it, by contacting Dr. Brown at K-I-A-S-J-F-K at AOL.com. It's a fun book, and it actually dissects the many, many fantastic claims. Judith Barry Baker in her own words. Thank you for all the great information. Do you like history? real history that you were never taught in schools. Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia by author Mike Swanson with new documentation never seen before that will open your eyes to events that led up to this. Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia 1945 through 1961. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. Why? The Vietnam War by author Mike Swanson. The views expressed by Caller Schools or anyone else who happens to get on the air at Ocelli.com do not necessarily reflect the views of Ocelli.com or Chuck Ocelli. And we are not responsible for any stupidity which might ensue. Thank you. Ocelli.com. Revelation through conversation. Corner Market has super ways to save all month. Get two 12-ounce of super coffee for $6 and save 10 cents off per gallon of gas. There's always a reason to stop at Seasons. Hi, welcome back. And my guest for tonight is Mr. Jason Barker of Knights of the Storm in the Foxhole. Welcome back, Jason. Oh, thanks, Chris. What you got for me, brother? Well, what is your take on the... Uh... <laughs> The balloons and the trains these days. 
Okay, so the balloons are actually kind of a serious issue. Um, uh, I think it was kind of a distraction that they brought it up now because this has been happening for a long time. Uh, but it, it, it is actually too, but they didn't tell them about it. That's why I had heard recently. Say, say again, brother. Uh, didn't it come up during uh, when Trump was president too? Some of these balloons, but the alphabet agencies kept it from him because I had just read that the other day, actually. Oh, I actually didn't see that, but uh, I, d- I just know that this has been an ongoing thing for a long time. Uh, oh, well, tell us about it. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's, the, the balloons have been going on forever, man. And we we really didn't care about it till now. So that tells me it's a distraction. And then when there's a distraction, you got to look at what else is going on that's not being covered by the media. You know, and that's all I got to say about it. We could say Hunter Biden. We could say whatever. Epstein's um, client list came out and no yep. one's talking about it. Yep. Bingo. I mean, let's go there. Okay, and now they're bringing up the UFO aspect to these other objects that I thought they were going to say those were balloons as well, but now they're they're being all cryptic and saying they're hexagonal shaped and all these other things. And one of them they couldn't even retrieve, which I don't buy for a second. Well, I just know if I spend like $15, I can throw a balloon up and waste uh, a half a million in taxpayer dollars. Sidewinder, <laughs> sidewinder missile. And I want to know what happened to the missing missile. Right, the one that missed the balloon, where did it go? Yeah, who did? It, what village did it destroy? Yeah, like so, we were so scared about something the size of like uh, I don't know, a walnut or whatever, you know, right. the size of a dinner plate hitting right. Iowa. We're, yeah, we're, we're scared of that, right? Right. Um, but but then we're going to shoot a missile off that we go, we don't know where it went. <laughs> Come yeah, on. and now uh, now uh, Canada, half of Canada is gone. That's kind of yeah. weird. No, no, I can't. No, no, seriously, though, seriously, though, on the balloons, um, <clears throat> on a serious note, these are a serious threat uh, because an EMP, I, I was kind of jokingly, uh, we did a satire piece on it on Nights of the Storm. Yes. Um, saying, like, oh, it takes a 41 uh, megaton bomb, which cannot be lifted by a freaking balloon. I mean, that's too heavy, right? But apparently... Um, some from some stuff I saw today, they have actually lifted a one megaton bomb into the atmosphere in the past. With uh, these type of balloons? Yes. Uh, okay. I think I've seen it on uh, Bongino or something. I was watching an episode from a couple of days or something. But there, there was actually a, an instance, and this is when they were testing it over some islands, you know, uh, you know, away from the population to test it. Right. But they, they lifted a one megaton nuclear bomb which was back in like the 50s 60s era so yeah. we, we obviously can get that smaller now right right <laughs> and that knocked out the electrical grid wow and so wow. they did that with a freaking balloon well and, that's and what I, well, we did a crossover episode of the new prisoners and knights of the storm a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and mr john henry uh actually opened my eyes to the possibility that these these uh, balloon sightings could have been EMP beta tests for something later on. I well, had not thought of that. Let me throw you uh, something in your brain here, another conspiracy theory thing, right? Right. <laughs> um, so you've seen the lasers over Hawaii, right, the grid? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you were to uh, launch a missile and we have these – 
what we call forward scouts in the military, that we launch a blind missile. We launch it over the horizon. And there is a scout out there that's over the horizon that points a laser at a target, and it hones in on that laser. And boom, there it goes, right on that laser. So if you have a balloon, all the balloon needs to have is a little laser on it that can point it at a target, and then somebody launch a missile that hones in on that laser. It's called a forward scout. Wow. I mean, that is something to think about when you think about the balloon issue. Let's just forget about EMPs right now, which is a very serious threat, absolute serious threat. But what if we're talking about um, ICBMs, you know, actual nuclear freaking arms? And And we're just thinking about balloons. Well, you float a balloon 20,000 feet in the atmosphere with the laser that is not even seen by the naked eye, but it's seen by like a, a camera. Yeah, it's seen by, like, a guy on the beach, like the other one the other day, right? Well, I'm just saying (laughs) it's a threat. Keep the crap out of our airspace, period. Yeah. You know? Very scary stuff. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and then, like you had mentioned in uh, Hawaii there, the video of that is chilling. It's like uh, a green grid. Not Hawaii. It was in Hawaii? or Yeah, Hawaii. It was like a green grid. I watched TNP, the TNP um, video twice, the ones you guys just did, like, what was it, yesterday, I think it was? A couple of days ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of days ago. And now the first one, I was like, wow, I had a really cool green laser I bought down when I, my first deployment. I bought this really cool, really powerful green laser, and it shined. I swear to God, it shined up to the moon. It was very powerful. Wow. And it so could have easily done that. But then the second video, no, it could not have done that. That was something different. You yeah, know? it seemed like it was, they. It seemed like there was multiple lasers at the same yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I'm just telling you that uh, if people don't understand, if from a, as a military guy, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, there are munitions that are honed in to a certain, you know, laser target. You know, I don't know how to say it. You go in yeah, there. Yeah. You point the laser there, you put it on a tank or whatever you're putting on, and then the missile goes up blind, it starts coming down, and it says, oh, there's the laser, let me go into that. You right, know? right. And that's what, uh, you know, when you see those drone fo- uh, the drone footage, yeah. you know, everyone thinks that the drone footage, when they see that little thing and you get the little crosshairs and stuff like that, and then boom, something blows up, right? You see it on the news. You yeah, think that's that a 20-inch shot that down? The drone yeah. didn't shoot that down. The drone didn't carry that missile. No, the drone had a little freaking targeting laser that was called um, uh, lighting up the target. It lights up the target. Like and then it, right? It paints the target. There you go. I didn't want to say that word because that was, I thought, a military term, but you know what it means. Yeah, yeah. no, I just, I, I only know that term just from the, you know, just research in the past, you know. Yep, absolutely. And and who's to say a freaking high altitude balloon with a laser can't paint the target? Just saying. It just needs some something to be uh fixed to, right? That's what that's right, about right. it. Well anyway, and, and you, don't, so you don't think it's an extraterrestrial threat, right? Because that's what people are trying no, to do. Absolutely not. I think I mean if you want to get into the spiritual realm of it, um I think that if we do see some weird crap I think it's actually uh, demonic, but that's just me, man. Well, you might. Well, who's to say that you're wrong? You know, we. Who knows? You know, 
Um, I'm open to any possibility, to be honest with you. Right, what's your take on um, the derailments and the, the uh, I don't even know what to make of it. I'm kind of uh, speechless when it comes to that statistic they brought up where, it, what is it? Half one 1,000 a year? Yeah, 1, that one. Year? Yeah, will you tell everyone um, about that? <laughs> I would say stop asking me for tax money for uh, public transit because you're trying to force me on a train. <laughs> when it's like I'm going to freaking die. So, no, uh, it's a hard no for me. Uh, right. I'll just prefer my car right now. And these buses that are blowing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, the I'm sure you've seen the video I put out with the Kamala Harris and the yes. bus thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to they want to push all the public transportation. Right. Because uh, go green. But then uh, they're trying to tell us that. With that statistic, does it break down to three derailments a day for a year or something? <laughs> something like that. Uh, so this is kind of what I was talking about you know, on the foxhole uh, last week about like they they try to normalize the numbers. Yes. Um, with the uh, way of putting know, it. Yeah. Yeah, the chicken farms are getting burned down. It, oh, airplanes are just crashing into them in the middle of the night and they burn down. And the, oh, that's normal. That's normal. I'm like what? That's yeah, we're having normal. we're having food supply 911s like every other week, so to speak. <laughs> no, it's totally not normal. And so I I had to go in there and I had to actually debunk. I mean, they're trying to say airplanes crashing into food processing plants is a normal thing, and I actually had to go debunk this. That's crazy, man. Like, why should I have to do that? That's, right. <laughs> but but they actually had people out there trying to normalize it from the industry. That follows these these fire things. I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah, this is insane. And it's the same with this uh, with this derailment stuff, right? Um, derailments are a pretty big deal. Yeah. And now they're trying to say that there's what three or four a day. I'm like, no, there's not. No, there's you not. Know, there's not. And if it is, then you're failing as a government, and we need to stop giving you money. Yeah, and supposedly our our railway system dates back to when Marty McFly went back to uh, the cowboy days in 1885. Apparently, oh oh yeah, bro, it does. Um, I actually seen here on base they're trying to replace they're they're starting to replace all these um, wooden which got creosote and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. if you, if you ever get a hold of a railroad tie, don't throw it in your bonfire pit because you're going to be breathing toxic chemicals and you burn it. It'll <laughs> burn for like four days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll burn forever, man. It's great, uh, oh, but wow. it's not good to breathe. Uh, but anyway, they're trying to replace them with these things that are made up of recycled plastics and stuff like that, which I guess works. Yeah. But but you know what they're doing? They're stacking them. They're stacking them on the side of the freaking railroad tracks, and they kind of get to it when they get to it. There's no real incentive or no no uh, push to actually change it. There's no money in it. Right. And if there's three derailments a day, you would think there would be some kind of push <laughs> faster. Yeah. Right. And 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 just like we talked about with the school shootings, right? Um, you would think that. You know, it would be important to address what the actual issue is. Right. The not, issue, not the guns, not the firearms. No, we we talked about that with the SSRIs and stuff, man. Yes. And you, you did a great job on that one, by the way. Thank you so much for joining us on that because that was great insight. It's a very dark topic, but you know what's actually even darker? 
that we're talking about how these statistics don't make any sense about the derailments and everything. Unfortunately, it seems like we have a new shooting like every other day. So that one, if we were to apply that, I would I would be more able to believe that statistic. If I, I would I would like to point something out, Chris, right now. Sure. Recently, have we not seen that the mass shootings have not involved children or schools? It's actually older people now. Yes. And it doesn't, and they're not white people. That's, that's great. That's another one too. Yeah. yeah I um, it's not great, but it's, it's like, it just shows that they're full of crap. <laughs> and, you know, these, these people, uh, well, well, how, how do you put it? When, when you do a lab study, right? When you study on rats, they have a, a short lifespan. They have a fast, uh, yeah. So they started giving these SSRIs and drugs and stuff to kids where that stuff's going to happen faster because they have a higher metabolism. They're, they're growing yeah. faster. But now they've been giving these to adults. So now we're starting to see it in the adult population where some of these people, uh, what was it? I think what we uh, pulled the stats out of the last show, one yeah. in a thousand. But every that is this is not rare, Fauci. It's not rare, right? It's not rare. Okay, one in a thousand, and you're talking about millions of people have been prescribed this per year. Yep, one in a thousand are going to become psychotic and maybe go ballistic. Right. Yep. And they've now started giving this to adults, which take a little longer to change their mindset. And now that's why we're starting to see like people that are 50, 60 years old going freaking haywire with a gun. People that never owned a gun. They're not even pro-Second Amendment. They're they're nothing. They just went and got a gun and went fucking crazy. Yeah, and if you look at it, it's actually the opposite of, like, what the uh, COVID uh, jabs were. Originally, it was all for, like, the older folks, and now we got, you know, now they're giving it to everyone that's um, below a certain age now, you know? And they're all yeah. having all these health problems and deaths and everything. Oh, I just think that they need to start looking at, um, you know, uh, the society, uh, sociology and, and the drugs and stuff like that. That's what they need to start looking at. Like, stop diagnosing people with problems. Like, look, get over it. Life is hard. Be a man. People get depressed. Be a woman. It happens. Yeah, I don't know. That's my, my stance, bro. It's like a, it's a band-aid. It's a band-aid and they don't look at the root cause and I hate to say it, but I have a feeling that they don't want to look at the root cause. You know, they just want to have these band-aids, kind of like pharmaceuticals in general. There's no money in, in cures. There just isn't. Well, these people just want to make money. And and they have a, a certain amount of uh, liability kind of insurance, you know? Yeah, from 1986, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the infamous, you know, uh, Vaccine liability shields of 1986. Well, with the vaccines, yes, but with the SSRIs, you know, there there isn't. But, right. but right. what they tend to do is they tend to set up a fund, you know, a fund. Is, oh, if, if someone gets hurt, there's a right. fund here. Well, the fund is limited. Right. Uh, the fund should not be limited. The company should be taken down for their irresponsibility because they're making tons and tons of money off of people – um, getting wrecked, their families getting wrecked, children getting killed, people getting killed. You know, these people need to be taken down, bro. It seems it like down. it's a hush fund in a way, you know. <laughs> it it kind of is, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So what? Um. Well, moving moving past the uh, the awesomeness that is our society, um, what are some <laughs> fu- some future episodes you have uh, 
in the planning stages for the foxhole and Knights of the Storm? Well, for the foxhole, I'm going to continue to go over all the little um, side hustles, I guess you can call them, uh, because an asymmetric warfare works as such that you have these side attacks that keep you busy. And that's where our society is right now. Our society is busy fighting. You know, you get the Greta Thumb, Thumb, Thumberg? What? How the hell is your name? Lee, how dare you? How dare you? Thumberg. Greta, I just see her last thing, man. She so doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She's like something, something, ecology, something, something. (laughs) It's like, bro, you just went from one thing to another and didn't make your point. She's just, She's just a little kid uh, being given uh, things to say, in my opinion. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about, man. And I feel no. bad for her, actually. I really do feel bad for her. I feel she's... like most of the talking heads, uh, well, not the ones that are getting paid quite a bit, but most people that you hear on TV are just being given things to say, and I don't even think they, half the time, they don't even think about what they're saying to the people, you know? Yeah. But anyway, back to your point, Chris, uh, with the foxhole, I'm going to keep going on with the different tentacles about, uh, you know, and uh, informing, right? You yeah. have a pretty cool thing you wanted to show people about. Um, I don't know if it's going to make a difference or not. I'm just trying to bring light to it that like, Hey, realize that if you're fighting over here, maybe this isn't where you should be fighting. Uh, right. cause it's a distraction, you know? Well, tell us about like one of the things that you explained to me that you were going to show on the foxhole about in case there was like an EMP type uh, attack where people could still have information available to them. Oh, gardening and things. You know what? I'm glad you asked that, Chris, because I wasn't even thinking about that tonight. Um, so I, I like to go to this site called uh, theorganicprepper.com. Yeah. Um, it's a, a girl named Daisy runs it. And I'm really trying to get her on, but she's kind of like gone off the grid. Like she's literally gone. <laughs> literally off the grid. Off the grid. Right. Yeah. I guess she's making enough money on the website that she can kind of travel the world and stuff like that. So good for her. She already has her own foxhole, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the thing is that, um, there, there's things that you can do. Like she's, she's got all these articles. It's basically uh, kind of like an Angie's list, right? Um, and Angie's list instead of, uh, you know, for fixing up your home and stuff, it's like for like growing your own food and prepping. Yes. And, and I'm not talking about being crazy about like stockpile a bunch of ammo and get, like, well, we used to hear about these preppers where they're like all about the end of the world. You're, we're talking about the possibility that our power grid could be shut down. Right. And, and, and that's there though. I mean, the thing is that that is there. She has that there, but yeah. on the side, she also has the, the self-preparedness kind of stuff, the self-reliance, and, and that's where I live. I live in the self-reliance thing, and they have these um, articles that tell you how to grow your own tomatoes inside your house, you know, right. um, yeah. how to grow herbs, how to can, how to jar things, how to preserve let's, food. Because let's be honest, most folks, they rely on the going on the Internet and Googling mm-hmm. things, right? But let's say right. that we didn't have the Internet anymore at a certain point. What would you tell the people? Okay. They, okay. They Thanks do. for bringing me back in, bro. Thanks for bringing me back in. So what I do is I go to there and I look up the things that I want to know, like how to grow this, how to grow that, how to make my own fertilizer, you know, how to do whatever. 
and then you, you print the page out. Yeah. Right. But you don't print it on paper. You, you actually, your computer has the way to say print a PDF, right? That's right. You print it to a PDF file and then, or you can, you know, highlight the words and copy and paste into a Word document, whatever you got to do. Um, but you save that into a folder somewhere on your computer and you yeah. save all these documents that you need. And then you take an old device that's useless now because everything's freaking 5G. So I got a 3G phone that AT&T says I can't use because they, they're communist, whatever. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I can still use that phone. I could put it in airplane mode, you know, and, and still use it as a small computer. And I can download all that information to my freaking phone and then save it and put it in like one of those little, what, what is the, uh, Faraday cage bags or whatever EMP proof yeah. bags. I was going to ask you because I'm not actually sure myself. Um, how do you protect the device uh, when it's off from if there was to be an EMP attack? Well, the first the first thing you gotta do is once once you get all the stuff done, you get all your stuff in there that you want to save on your memory card or whatever. It's in your phone. Pull the battery out. So that's why I prefer Android versus Apple. Yes, um, right. I prefer the Android because most Android phones you can pull the battery out. Some of the newer ones, no, you can't. And what's I, the problem? And what is the problem with the Apple? I, I forget right now. Uh, well, if the Apple gets really, really dead, um, and I just uh, it requires you to go back online to do yes, something, it right? wants to get connected back to the Apple Store. Well, what happens when there's no freaking power Apple Store in, to go back to? Right, your your device is useless, absolutely useless. Um, it's going to just give you that little plug thing with the. Yeah. World, you know, that little. Well, Android is, Android is the only real way to go when it comes to trying to store this information. Um, I mean, uh, for now, yeah, I think that's it. Um, but anyway, so you, so you, you, you freaking download all this to your, your device. Um, you save it. You're good to go. Everything's good to go. Take the battery out, slap them together, and then you can go get one of these, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the little bags you get online. Alex Jones sells them. They actually work. The little Faraday bags. What are they called again so people know? Uh, it's like a Faraday. Just look up anything. Faraday cage, Faraday, Faraday bag. Cage. Okay. Yeah. Right. So what it does is if there's an EMP, it kind of disperses the uh, the electric, electromagnetic pulse. Yes. So it doesn't, like, fry the equipment, you know? Okay. Yeah. Because if, if people don't understand... What an electromagnetic, uh, electromagnetic pulse does is it sends a shock of electricity um, through ionized. Uh, it's it's like way it basically, more. Basically, you watch the end of the movie Escape from L.A. with Kurt Russell. Yes. Basically, they use EMPs to kill all the devices on Earth. Basically. Yes. And and that's uh, and they work in a line of sight, you know. So. The higher in the atmosphere it is, the the more range it has. Right. So if everything goes out overnight, um, you're done. And I'm telling you, folks, if the grid goes down, you know, if it goes down in a town, that's fixable. If it goes down in a city, that's still fixable. If it goes down in a state, we're done because yeah. we're all tied together, right? The, yeah. the entire United States is tied together on a grid. And that is, it's going to be a cascading effect where it just falls and falls and falls. Like, it's going to be a blackout like you've never seen before. And we keep pushing out coal and stuff like that, natural gas, 
We're trying to go to green energy. Green energy at the best case scenario is maybe 10 to 15% of any given state that's really into the green stuff and it's unreliable. Look right. at what happened in Texas. David Knight had to do a show by candlelight. Like, because the crap froze up. It's not reliable. And, and why is it that we're, we're off selling like all the technology to like Venezuela and stuff like that, that they can frack and they can get all this energy and giving them all our technology that we're going to restrict ourselves. You think it's not by design? Come on. They're trying to shut us down. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chris. I went off on the phone. No, I have a feeling you're right. <laughs> That's the scary part. No, it's, it's true. It's true, man. I was going to point out the Texas, the, the whole Texas thing was a good uh, example of, you know. Uh, it was a test run. It was that's what I felt like it could have been, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, get get a device, get a tablet, get a phone, get something, get something. Uh, find out how much memory you can hold. Get the biggest memory card you can hold. Go online now. Why you have internet? Why you have power? Download. Go to uh, the Organic Prepper or whatever site you want. Find these things. Um, save them as a PDF. Save those web pages with knowledge about how to grow food, how to, you know, uh, how to till the earth, how to raise How to chickens, create your own tools. Simple things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything, anything you want to know, save it all. Save it all and then put it on the memory card, put it on the device, and then put that in some kind of a package. Uh, I think Harp said like an ammo can. You align it with tinfoil or something like that, bury it in the ground. I mean, it's just an insurance policy, folks. It's an insurance policy. Right, because uh, as we're seeing now with balloons and derailments and uh, Texas uh, a couple of years ago, it's very well a possibility nowadays. I mean, before it was kind of, you know, it was always there, but it was more like, you know, almost like a science fiction like thing, like weather manipulation or MK Ultra, which are very real things, but it always had that air of uh, science fiction to it, but. Not so much anymore. I mean, that's the scary part about it. Oh, it's getting real, bro. Like, like this is the stuff that, you know, when I first started listening to Alex Jones, it was inner, it was infotainment, right? Infotainment. Frogs are gay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't take it seriously, but this is some serious stuff now. Like this stuff's really happening and uh, I just want people to be prepared, um, have an insurance policy. That's all. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's for real. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm glad that people like yourself are, uh, trying to inform and uh, educate and just looking out for your fellow man. And, uh, we got about three minutes left and, uh, I'd like you to, uh, plug anything and everything that you got. You got a sub stack that you're, uh, writing nowadays. You have a bunch of websites oh. and some shows. The only plug I'll give you is go to thenightsofthestorm.com. Or you can alternately type knightsots.com. It'll get you to the same place. Go to the friends tab. You'll see everybody there that we like to watch. You can go to the schedule. You'll see when they're on live. And you know, uh, you know, you have a unique thing there. It's almost like a, a modern day TV guide for uh, podcasts, right? Can you yeah, talk we, about that. Right, right. We try to keep it up to date. Um, I think I got to do some updating on it, but. Um, if you're bored on like a Friday or Saturday or whatever, you're like, hey, it's six o'clock. What time is it? Let me go see on Nights of the Storm on the schedule. Okay. Oh, we got something coming on at seven, you know? 
It's it's great because you get the live chat. I love the live chat. That's why we yeah. did it. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, what what days what days are your shows on? Uh, Nights of the Storm and uh, the Foxhole and the Tigers Den. Actually, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll plug uh, AT as well. <laughs> so the Nights of the Storm is on every Saturday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then uh, let's see. I think it's what is it six? Oh no. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know where we're on. Bro. <laughs> or when do you Angry Tigers on Wednesdays? Uh, uh, I'm on Thursdays. Uh, we sometimes go eight to nine. That's do, it. Sometimes one of sometimes one of the two of you will do like a Friday night thing too, right? At eight o'clock. Sometimes. Yeah, it's so chaotic, man. I mean, we try to keep it together, but it's it's uh, pretty chaotic. I think uh, he's Wednesdays eight to nine. I'm Thursdays eight to nine. There you go. Okay, so that's that's safe enough right now. And if people want to get the uh, exact stuff, uh, it's nice. Nights of the, of the storm. storm, brother. Go to nightstorm.com because you're not just going to get us. You're going to get everybody else. You're going to get Chris right. Graves. You're going to get uh, uh, Chuck O'Chelly. You're going to get, you know, the new prisoners. Robinson, yeah. New prisoners. Yep. You're going to get everybody, man. Guard Goldsmith. Yep. Yeah, guard. Oh, guards every freaking day, man. He's awesome. You're uh, going to be on Guard Show uh, coming up, right, this week? Oh, yeah. I think we're all going to be on there, right? It's going to be a big one this, yeah, this right. coming. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I think that's Thursday much. at 7 p.m. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be a big one, man. I don't know how that's going to work out. That's going to be kind of chaotic. Yeah, it'll be, it's gonna be it'll fun. fun. It'll be fun. And uh, one last thing. Tell everyone where they can find your sub stack and also how they can contact you on social media. Um, so my Substack is, uh, look for Jason Barker, I guess, on, on Substack, or you can look for the Foxhole. Okay. Or you can just go to the Knights of the Storm, and if, if you look up the Foxhole, you'll see my link there. And then, uh, I guess email, uh, go to the Knights of the Storm at gmail.com is our show email. And you're on Twitter, right? Oh yeah, I'm on Twitter, um, real, at realjasonbarker.com. Or dot, dot com at real Jason Barker on Twitter, um, but I, I prefer the storm has a Twitter uh, as well, right? Yes. Uh, so at nights OTS is where I prefer everyone go because that's what the thing is is the nights of the storm. This is kind of a side hustle, you know, right. Jason Barker. Side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jason, it's been great, and uh, you've been helping me a lot with uh, my digging Chris Graves stuff. You know, just giving me advice, and I really appreciate your time and uh, your your knowledge. And uh, can't wait to have you back on, my friend. I hope oh, you had a brother, good time. I hope I wasn't disappointing, my friend. And thank no, you. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, till we uh, till we speak again.